podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello you miserable bastards and welcome to the Misery Hunters podcast. My name is Jamie Coburn and joining me remotely is Craig Devine. All right. And Ross Davidson. Hello. How's your isolation going? Fucking boring. Terrific, <laughs> innit? I'm, I'm sick of the same four walls. I've been in this room working for the past nine days or something now and I'm just I'm fucking sick of it. Ah, it's horrible. I had a touch of it, I think, so I had to, I genuinely had to isolate for a period, and as you say, it's the full same walls. Mm-hmm. I just can't leave the room. Just shite on the telly. They've not even changed the the programming, so it's pointless and then tenable, and then every day for seven days. It's just, <laughs> you think they do, like, bank holiday stuff where they just put movies on or something like that? Ah, exactly, but ah, really important. Yeah. I seen the chase on a couple of hours ago and I found myself going, you, you're only fucking social distancing, you're standing too close. It's always like <laughs> run two months ago when the world was So uh, for, for first talking point I think we'll, we'll, we'll go into is um, apparently a leaked FIFA document has suggested that out-of-contract players will remain at clubs this summer beyond the expiry of their deal. Uh, obviously that puts into, like, Ladkey essentially possibly staying. I don't know how they'll work this or whatever it was put out in the Daily Record. Whether we believe that or not. I was just about to say that. Be wary because it's in the record, so I would even trust the date in the Daily Record. But <laughs> Tom Kevin that's a, <laughs> it's a strange situation, definitely. <laughs> Obviously a minefield and contracts and expiries and things like that, loan deals ending. Kind of get my head around how it's going to work, but I mean, see when you look at the list of players, there's there's a few on there you would keep. Yeah, because like on the summer one, we've got Ross Wallace, Ladke, Andrew, um, McGinn, yeah. Danny Mullen, Ryan Flynn, uh, Gary McKenzie, and then it's also also including loan players. So you get like Lee Hodson, Big Chebs, Yakubiak, Cody Cook, Onjurkaev, and Akin Famo. They're all out of basically contract with us this summer. And if they're forced to stay, then... Hmm. Well, exactly. It's, it can all be good for us. Uh, with certain ones staying. Obviously, some are better than others, but... Yeah, uh, it's just... We'll keep, keep, keep. But a, but a shite version of Shag My Denoid, isn't it? Get to the top of that. <laughs> the thing uh, is with Ladke as well, you, you might be wanting to stay because he didn't really get a sending off. He seems like a guy that would want a proper goodbye. Mm-hmm. So, but it's the players and the agents hold all the power. They always have done, yeah. always will do. So, whether we come to a gentleman's agreement and let them let them go to whatever clubs I'm interested, or we play hardball and say, "Listen, you're staying. These are the rules. Deal with it." But then right. you've got an unhappy player, yeah, because causing problems. You don't know what his character's like, but the players mean, want to move. They make sure they move. You know, Morrow's got to shit, but you can still expect the agents just to fucking. Try and fuck everyone over, couldn't you? Oh, too right. Aye. Aye. Well, you've kind of seen that with um, what was it, Aaron Hickey, 
is linked with a move to Celtic in an unnamed English club. That's clearly agent chatter right there for oh, like a course. million pound. Ah, you know, and they're, they're kind of taglining it with how it can save hearts and it's beneficial for them to accept a million pound deal then other squad members don't take wage cuts and all that kind of thing. But that's, that's just agents feeding it into the media to mm-hmm. get a story and get their player a move. See the heart statement, she's ever read them, but every second sentence has got an exclamation mark at the end of it. <laughs> <laughs> um, we will then go into what the main part of this episode is. We did it put out on Facebook and Twitter, just asking you for your questions for us to answer if you wanted to get us to know us a wee bit better, that kind of thing. Um, so we may as well kick off with the the first question. Um, this is from Fraser Burns, and who's the most famous player you've met in Asda Linwood? I've uh, not met anybody in Asda Linwood, but I did meet Jim Dick of St Monfame in the Cope Bridge one. Oh. So I was suitably starstruck. <laughs> I've, uh, no. First of all, I don't know where this Asda Linwood thing really came from. Um, it was mainly the forum on Black and White Army. Anytime there was a rumour, they were like, oh, we saw them in Asda Linwood. That's essentially where it I came from. I didn't know if there was a story behind it, but no, um, never in Asda Linwood. I think the closest I've been is uh, I grilled at Kyle Lafferty in uh, Glasgow Airport toilets. Oh, in the <laughs> toilets. <laughs> That's better uh, than my Jim Dick meeting. <laughs> I saw Stevie Mallon um, in Asda Linwood. That's the only player I've ever seen in Asda Linwood. Um, uh, I mind, uh, mind walking up, um, what's the one with, what's the one with Box Bar on it? Is it Hope Street? Um, I don't know, Ross, you should know uh, that one's Box Bar. I think, uh, it's like Hope Street, kind of, is it West Campbell Street or something like that? Kind of, uh, they, I think they meet uh, at one point. The kind of boozy one that's got the pure gym and all that, I mind walking up at one night. Oh, Bar Street? Aye. Aye. Um, aye, I mind walking up at one night with my, I had like a, St Morton kind of bag um, it was just after a game of fives and I bumped into Jim Goodwin and this was when he was playing for us and it was the night before a game it was like a, a, was like, was that a Tuesday night or something and we had the game on the Wednesday night and the guy was fucking bluttered he <laughs> my bag and he's like oh St Morton, St Morton, good man shake my hand and then I think we get bumped the next night I <laughs> <laughs> what a surprise <laughs> I say that it could have been one of the many eight game bands he was serving Right after fucking elbowing, who was it? Stuart Armstrong. Stuart Armstrong, aye. Right in the coom. Who was it? He punched as well. Remember when he punched somebody in the stomach when they were bent over? Ah, it was the Motherwell guy, I think. Was it Motherwell? Was that Jennings? Maybe played in the middle of the park. Um, kind of flows perfectly into the next question, which was from. Irate Pirate 8 on Twitter, or Graham, um, is who else have you spotted on Buchanan Street? This is obviously leading from the previous conversation we had in the last podcast, which I have since edited a bit of it out. That's the only time I've done it. <laughs> I won't do it again. Um, I, well, not long after that podcast, I upgraded um, Jim Lachlan, upgraded his phone. Um, I've served Connor Goldson and mashups full of Huns. And they were all dead excited that he was there, but I was the one serving him. And I said, I was like, oh, by the way, they're all too scared to come and talk to you and all that. And he was like, well, why are you? And I was like, oh, I'm a Simone fan. And he just laughed at me. <laughs> but you, see, you do see quite a lot just walking down Buchanan Street. I've seen Cody Cook walk down Buchanan Street. And I, honest to God, his hair 
was the brightest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> and nice. then I, I saw Ryan McGowan last season when he was playing with Dundee. And uh, it was not long after Dundee had confirmed they'd been relegated. And I just mm-hmm. wanted to run out and be like, ah, get up. <laughs> I don't think I'm allowed to do that. <laughs> that the boy that played with Tharts? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stewart, yeah. Lad. He's mm-hmm. quite He's quite good, actually. Uh, wouldn't mind that. I was signing him. Mm. So, um, God, this must have been years ago. I saw Mark Corcoran coming out of the Buchanan Galleries not long after the... It was a game he'd dined off of for years, the Motherwell game. Oh, the Motherwell game. Oh, the Scottish I, Cup fixture, eh? I, I, I was, I think I must have been about 15 at the time. I was too much a shite bag to go. <laughs> <laughs> Remember that one great game you had and then the rest <laughs> of <them> just... <laughs> Mediocre. Yeah. You, you'll probably see him again soon on Buchanan Street or Buchanan Galleries because he's not got a pop-up store on Buchanan Galleries for his mad fashion label that he's got with Stephen Robb. Uh, him and Robbo have got a shop, that's right, um, I think. He inspired, didn't it? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I didn't even know he was involved in it. I knew it was Stephen Robb, but... Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the two of them. Done not bad for themselves. Well, no more now than they did playing football. Mm, Definitely. Aye, it's a bit of both. <laughs> aye. <laughs> Uh, next question came from at St. Mon, as an M-U-R-N, not the actual club. Um, how do you think Jack Ross's spell at Saints would have panned out if we'd been relegated in 2016-17? Would Saints still be stuck in League One? Um, well, for a start, it would have stayed. Aye, it wouldn't be. She was too keen in doing the other way around. <laughs> um, interviews would have dried up for him. Uh, League One, that's difficult to say because another rebuilding job, but well, half of that squad would have went. Mm-hmm. Or half of that squad did go, actually. But I don't know. It's difficult to to gauge because he's, he wasn't really that an experienced manager, I think. That f- he only had one full season under his belt, I think. Yeah. Ray Alloway, I think, was in League One, I think. Aye. I reckon we would have went back down. If they'd done it at one way, there'd have been an argument. He'd have fucked off, back to Alwa, took them up. <laughs> <laughs> I beat us to like fucking go up or I, something like that. <laughs> on penalties uh, in the final. It was uh, really worrying, I think, if we went down, we would have been down there for a long, long time. I think we'd have been one of those clubs, Latin Air Drain, things like that, you just you don't see again in the top leagues. I think it would have been really worrying for us. I remember I think saying, it, oh, uh, when you go. sorry, uh, I... This is difficult doing it remote, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I, I remember sitting, what was it, the, we were playing Dumbarton, I think. I'm sure I, I remember saying to my wife, if we get beat off Dumbarton, then we're no staying up this season, that's us gubbed. And then we get beat one now. And then we <laughs> stay up, so it just shows what I fucking know. All right, well, that's what I was about to say. At one point, I think probably the same match when that happened, I went, right, that's us down, there's no chance for staying up. Um, and... I, I don't know, some part of me, even though I always obviously wanted us to stay up, some part of me would have been quite excited about what League One would have had in store. It's a league that we've never ever experienced. We'd have got more away days that we probably hadn't experienced as well. Yeah. <coughs> uh, I just think we would have got swallowed up. A lot of cuts would have got made and mm. really hard to come back from. I don't really had, think we had any saleable assets in terms of players and things at that time. I think Marlon was already away, was he not? Well, Lewis Morgan hadn't had his first film oh, season course. yet, so uh, he, would, he would have tore apart the league one, you'd, you'd so think. You have to try to get money in for selling your assets. Maybe we would have got money for Morgan. and mm-hmm. might have bought the league, if you want to call it that, to try and get back up, but uh, it was scary thoughts at the time. 
I, I didn't see us staying up either until I think we Marlon scored away to Queen of the South one midweek. Mm-hmm. And it was running about then. I thought we might do this. I think what would have happened was you, you would either have to rely on your youth setup, or like if we'd been able to afford to do that, or we would have just went absolute banker bust and done essentially what Falkirk did and just signed a load of like what you used to do in football manager before you properly knew how to work it. You just started signing players you'd heard of. Well, you played in the Premier League three yeah. years ago. You day that kind of guy. Get him four week trials to the end of pre season and then try and offer them the shittiest deal you can. Mm. We probably well if we'd went down, there's a good chance we wouldn't have got Alan Stubbs. Oh Jesus! So it's Jack Ross's fault basically that. Kinda. Even more so. Right. Now that, <laughs> how dare he keep us up and leave us lumbered with Alan Stubbs? It kind of leads us into the next question, which is: As the summer of 2018, new St. manager Alan Stubbs has been successful in the summer signings of that boy from Juventus. I like how no one knows who that boy from Juventus' <laughs> name is. It's just that boy from Juventus, Greg Stewart and Anthony Stokes. Cristiano, some discuss. <laughs> so that's from part-time fan uh, PTF blog. Kind of strange thing to kind of quantify in a question, but. That boy from Juventus, whoever he was, might have been a dud. <laughs> you don't really know, but say that boy from Juventus was half decent. Greg Stewart, I thought it would have been a really good signing for us, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was disappointed we didn't get him. Uh, most, and then Anthony Stokes is just a journeyman player now, isn't he? And yeah, he I, don't, I don't think Stokes would have done anything. No, nah, I mean, first team night out, we sniff a Vienna's. <laughs> Did they get the jail outside of Mr. Kebab and then <laughs> yeah, had a six-month uh, six jail sentence we wouldn't have seen him anyway. <laughs> I mean, the sounds that Alan Stubbs would have probably fucking said to Anthony Stokes, like, hand your league medal back, it's all, uh, it's all down to Gary Hooper. Aye, <laughs> <laughs> uh, exactly. <laughs> I think he knocked away to Gary Hooper. <laughs> yeah, I think he did, but no, exactly. I think Stubbs already delineated the, the dressing room from day one before he even mm-hmm. bought those guys and he was totally up against it no matter who he signed. And under this situation, um, if we were signing Greg Stewart, the reason we were trying to sign Greg Stewart was through his contact with Nikolai Brock Madsen. <laughs> so under this scenario, he still signs for us. Ah, <laughs> uh, oh man, what a horrendous player he was. <laughs> so they were, he was wanting to sign the two of them to forge a kind of partnership up front for us. Yeah, so it was. I don't know about where that's. I think the Juventus boy was a striker, but oh, um, right. uh, Nikolai Brock Madsen, when he came in, um, he I remember him having an interview where he said that he's good pals with Greg Stewart and he was doing all he could to bring his best mate over. Well, so no they fucking could, like, wonder he didn't sign for us. <laughs> he's like, fuck this, I'm not playing with him. <laughs> uh, I was in a wee bit of time castle, me and my mates, Big David Heard and that, and they were pushed, suitably pushed, obviously. And, We'd started the Brock Madsen fan club. God. And all we did all day was sing about him. And then on the train back home or whatever, we were talking, we thought, this guy might be one of the worst Superman players we've ever seen. If <laughs> you've just spent 90 minutes singing his name. <laughs> oh, he's terrible. But I maybe would, have, would I maybe take the hit with Brock Madsen if we got Stuart? Mm. Do you think Alan Stubbs' reign would have... La- uh, this is what I generally think in the scenario. Alan Stubbs would have got more time because he'd signed better players. 
But inevitably, we're just going to wait a lot longer to sack him. We would have probably had him in January and we'd be adrift at the bottom further than we were. Uh, I just think he was on borrowed time for day one, I thought. Mm-hmm. He's just, the way he sets teams up and things tactically. You could have signed Ronaldo for Juventus, actually, and still not have been any good. He was just worth a horrendous team at that time. He would looked at Stubbs in the wrong way and that would have been him warming the bench with Cammy Smith <laughs> and all that. <laughs> On the Stephen uh, McGinn's famous high five, and can we eventually get a sub appearance? <laughs> I kind of remember that. I kind of yeah. uh, subliminal get it up you to stubs. So. Yeah, so uh, it was just essentially delaying the inevitable. Less said about stubs, the better. Fuck him. I totally. I don't think anything would have changed. Uh, you're right. Fuck him. <laughs> you getting a fuck him in there as well, Craig? I fuck him. I can't really. I feel as if I can't comment on the Alan Stubbs era because I've never actually seen an Alan Stubbs team play. <laughs> Neither did <Robert> we. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. We're still waiting for somebody to turn up. <laughs> Next question was from Brido eighty six on Twitter. Uh, when is Charlie Miller signing? Uh, alongside Robbie Winters, that was always yeah. the rumor, wasn't it? In fact, that goes back to the Asda Linwood thing. Uh, was, was he seen in Asda Linwood? <laughs> Charlie Miller's been roaming the aisles as the Linwood for about 15 years now. Yeah, is that as I'm still looking around just in case he sees something? <laughs> what was that? <laughs> He'd have been good as a signing, I think, at, at one point, Charlie Miller. Mm. But he was just one of those names that, I mean, Big Tomo was another name that used to get thrown in all the time. Yeah. We eventually signed him, obviously, but he was always a, an as the Linwood guy. That seemed to kind of kick the, the Charlie Miller. Rumour back into action, didn't it, when he signed? Aye. <laughs> when he was already past it? Yeah, exactly. Maybe it was signed for his new, I mean, fucking stranger things have happened. Brother, brother, I'm playing in behind the cycle and Tony Andrew. Forty-five-year-old <laughs> <laughs> Charlie Miller. Um, back onto a more serious question, and I'm looking forward to this one. Um, how is your isolation football manager saves going? That's from Cheech FM. So, Ross, how's your your save going? Uh, I've got a game with 1860 Munich. Oh, we'll talk about that one, not the other one. Yeah, the German <laughs> third division, top of the league after 20 games unbeaten. Always going well. I also have a network game with yourself, Jamie. <laughs> I'm the glorious Real Oviedo, and I'm getting my arse handed to me by yourself. Yeah, I am <laughs> top of the league with Malaga. I've not won a game yet. Have no idea who half the players are. I keep going. <laughs> all their names, like there's like another like, um, like Malaga have always had these players like like Wancho and this thing, but they're all different. Like you go, oh, I remember him, and then you click on his name, and you're like, this guy's played like three games in Spain before. I've never heard of him before. <laughs> I've only yeah. made one loan signing as well, I had, and I accidentally spent four hundred thousand pounds on that loan signing. Didn't realise till after my way, my transfer budget went away. I went, what happened to that? <laughs> Jesus, no, I say, uh, I'm having a poor show in the the network game. I need. To, I don't even. I don't think I've won a game. No, you won it. one. I don't know. Uh, oh, you I said that was my... you. That was a turning point, and then you lost the next game. Aye, and then <laughs> I've got to play you in a couple of fixtures, so it'll be yes. interesting. But yeah, the eighteen sixty Munich one is my favourite one. Would you believe? I have a my actual one that's not the network one is um, Leighton Orient, and I'm in League One. And I'm kind of about fourth or fifth now, just in the playoff positions. Um, I've got a lot of, de- I've got that, um, I'm 
not even going to pronounce his name, the guy, Bulgarian guy from Leeds on loan, and he's banging them in for me. I think it's Meznikov, I think. Ah, good effort. <laughs> ah, he's a good sign on him. He's a kind of wee wonder kid. He is. Like, it's ama- like, amazing how much you can keep him. Like, if you just keep offering to take him on loan, Leeds just keep accepting. Mm-hmm. Tell you something. What about you? Where? I've never played football manager. Oh, oh my God. I don't think your qualifications for <laughs> that podcast is... <laughs> hey, I'm a FIFA guy. I'll, I'll fucking whack it on amateur and take a cash injection and sign Charlie Miller all day long. <laughs> <laughs> and that boy for Juventus. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, this one was aimed at me. I mean, anyone can come in on it. Um, this is from Chris Daly, and thanks, Chris. Uh, who does Jamie think is the better kisser? Uh, LK Dermis or Big Chebs? I mean, I think we all know what the answer is going to be on this one. I think you can take that away yourself. I, I'm not getting involved in such a no. question. <laughs> oh, fine. <laughs> um, well, I've admitted I've, I've that he's got good, nice eyes. That is it. literally like um, the rest of us. I've never thought about kissing him until this question was put aside. Um, okay, Dermis eh, doesn't do much for me. <laughs> However, please give your answer and show your workings. Yeah, well, uh, big chips. <laughs> Just as those eyes meet. <laughs> you may shut your eyes. Uh, you cannot shut your eyes on that one. <laughs> and that's enough of that. <laughs> I like how um, you said there uh, you hadn't thought about kissing them until you seen the question. Until I seen the question, and then that song immediately sprang down in you still don't need to think about kissing them. <laughs> <laughs> Neither of them's going to be a VL, let's face it. <laughs> no, that's no, true. I think I heard Cheb's got off with somebody at his grand's but <laughs> <laughs> Unproven rumours, I must say. Yeah. <laughs> right. So nobody else wants to get in on that question? No. Absolutely not, no. I think you've that one. Oh, well, no worries. <laughs> uh, that was your question anyway. You had the music set up and everything. <laughs> your moment to shine. I don't know. I'd have tried to answer that if Jim Goodwin was an option. <laughs> right, fine then. Jim Goodwin. Would you... <laughs> there we go. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is from uh, David Nicholl. Uh, Best Great Escape. So that is part one was Stalin Albion in 1998. Part two, Motherwell, the 3 2 match in 2007. Part three was the second half of the 2016-17 season, and part four was the second half of the 18-19 season. So I'll open that up. I think for me, similar to what we're talking about going down under Jack Ross, if Shuggy didn't score that goal against Stirling Albion, we wouldn't have. It wouldn't be the same one we know it as today. Mm-hmm. You know, it was so important, an enormous game um, for the club and just for that season, but. That's got, that's the best great escape for me. Just purely because what would have happened if we didn't, you know? I know it means a lot for St. Martin. I don't remember it. I was like I, seven or eight at the time. I, 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 I don't remember it. <laughs> <laughs> I was there. It was we had a good follow on that day. And fourth Bank's a kind of just a shitty wee stadium. And it felt as if, honestly, there was about 20,000 St. Martin fans there. Everybody that was anybody... 
it was there, you know, like, we just knew it was such a big game, it was similar to, or not similar, but it was like um, that Great Escape under Jack Ross at Eastern Road, like, you were meeting guys that you hadn't seen at some games for a long time, and everybody knew how much it could have had an impact in the club. Mm-hmm. Uh, Shuggy scoring that goal, it was, uh, it was great, that's the best Great Escape, just purely for the connotations, if you didn't, you know. Yeah. The the Hibs game, the one that was the uh, the Jack Ross one in uh, 2016-17 season, that game was the day after Craig's wedding. Oh. And I, oh. I well, he didn't go. I was unbelievably <laughs> drunk that I do not remember Craig's wedding. And I, I was so... <laughs> <laughs> I was so hanging. Um I just remember the sun beating into that stand as well, just sitting there going, oh, please let us stay up. Like, just, like, I managed to make it, but I also managed to spew all over the back of the bus on the way back from his wedding as well. I never get charged for that. I never heard back about it. I, ho- I hope they're not listening to the podcast. <laughs> I mean, they, I hadn't eaten anything, and I'd cons- it was just Jaeger bombs, so they could have just... Uh, generally, it was just alcohol coming back up. It would have just... someone. Spilt a drink. That's probably all they thought it was. Oh. Was they chunky? <laughs> oh Jesus! Um, I for this question, I've been looking at it the entire time, and I I can't really pick between Motherwell game in 2016-17. Um, I'd have to lean towards the Motherwell game just for I think it's probably my second favourite summer game of all time behind the cup final, just to be done at half time. Yeah. And everything that meant, and checking the half-time scores, and then was it Inverness and Dunfermline we were playing, and just hearing the score yeah. coming through, and the fucking roar, and the song that came after it as well. Remember that song, the mm-hmm. Al Mitchell? I think I mentioned him before. The yeah, someone oh, actually sent me it, and I said yeah. I was going to play it on the show, but I've not done it yet. Yes, I've not got it lined up either. Sorry. Yeah, <laughs> uh, no, that was an unbelievable game. Aye, it's. Second half of 2018-19 was all right, but I think everyone just wants to forget that. Mm-hmm. I think if if the drama of the 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 end of the season with Kearney going back to Ireland and stuff like that, I think we would have had a bit higher regard for it because I, I I absolutely loved that. Um, uh, I, I was work because I work mainly in Saturdays. I started getting all the, my boss started giving me all these Saturdays off to go to the games, and I just kind of started falling in love with St. Murn again through that. And it's mm-hmm. kind of where the Misery Hunters name for the podcast came from because I made the joke around about at the same time that we always turn out when we're being absolutely shite because it feels like we, like the club, need us more. Like um, if we were sitting like mid table, I think our crowds wouldn't, or like eighth or ninth or a bit higher, our crowds wouldn't be as big as if we were in a relegation mm-hmm. fight. Right. And then um, that's where the whole Mission Hunters name came from was that set of fixtures. So, Did you ever have an alternative I, name? Not really. No. Nah. No, I, I thought like, um, as soon as like I thought the idea we should have a podcast, um, I was like, what do we call it? And it was actually an Angels fan of my work went just caught Misery Hunters. And I was like, yeah, that's it. From then on, that name was put in stone. I was not changing That'll it. Do. So I. <laughs> But no, you're uh, right. I think going, sorry, going back to still an album. But was uh, when you said the fans really came out when the feels of they need us. That I mean, that was part of that day. You know, we almost kind of dragged the ball into the net when it left. Shoggy, you know, it's like 
such an important fixture. That's how it would always be number one for me. But that Motherwell game was incredible as well. It's, it's probably is really hard to separate the two of them actually. Mm. Um, just that first goal, I think, was it Sutton went through the goalie's legs. Yeah. You just again start to kind of get a bit of belief, and you think we might do this here. Yeah, I think I think I would go for part. Two, I, I would go for the Motherwell three two as well. <laughs> they're all good points. Yeah, they're, they're all good. Unfortunate to have these situations, you know. I wish that wasn't a question. But I mean, you'd, you'd kill for a fucking mediocre season where we finish comfortably. Aye, no, just, just, it. just once or twice, but keep it interesting because it will get a bit boring after a while. We're never going to be like have a title push. Maybe, maybe well, a wee bit of addictees about the top six, and then we fall away towards the end, but heroically, but. Aye, I'll take our best finished seventh. Mm. That would that would be great. <laughs> so the, the next one comes in from Jim Reed, which is um, Saints players through the years who have been unfairly abused by Sitmorn fans. We've just praised our fans, and now we're, <laughs> we're talking about ones that are unfairly abusing. Um, obviously, Abika is the example of this season. <sighs> I don't really know because we've had our fair share of horrible footballers playing for us that get mm-hmm. abuse merited because they're shit. I don't think really I can think of anybody that got it undeservedly other than Obika. Maybe Higdon, but I wasn't too keen on Big Higdon, to be honest. Higdon's a shout. We, we were talking about um, a couple earlier on. So Mark McCausland and Kenny McLean. Oh, big cheesy, definitely. I know that's uh, he definitely got a rough ride Thank purely you. because his surname was the same as a guy in the board. He's dad. <laughs> I mean, uh, he got it pretty bad at times. I thought, on one hand, you had people going, "Oh, he's he's one of us. He's a Saints fan," and equally as many people going, "Ah, oh, he's fucking shite." I remember getting, I remember getting a taxi once, and I had a Sutton fan as a taxi driver who went, "Do you know how much money he's on?" His dad gave him a £10,000 a week contract. No, <laughs> yeah, utter nonsense. Big Mark get uh, a right rough time, actually. I can't believe I forgot about that when I was talking about the question. That was mm-hmm. really shocking the way he was treated. And, uh, see, if you think back, he was a, a very, very good servant. To some quite a competent centre-half, you know. I don't think he, he was a world-beater, but mm-hmm. he, he was a Simon fan. I mean, should have got behind the lad. You know, he was the only one on the team. I mean, you wouldn't really take him over Josh Heaton, but... <laughs> no. <laughs> He's a close personal friend of mine, Josh Heaton. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, John Sutton got a wee bit of it as well, if I remember rightly, like despite being our top goal scorer quite a lot. I don't really remember that, to be honest, but um, he's another guy that could look lazy at times, but he, mm-hmm. he wasn't, you know. A week I still just kind of skipped with that shitty stick, you know, for the fans. He's like, does he do in, jump, kind of get off the ground? Something was a bit like that. He, he did mm-hmm. have his kind of critics, but I think if folk are abusing a beaker now, but I mean, he scored but the, the last goal in the old mm-hmm. one. Well, that's like, um, see, <laughs> the last goal in the old one, see, in the, <laughs> in the um, after the Hearts game, I had a Sutton fan come into my work and was sat and talking to him. And he was like, he was obviously at the game last night, and I was like, it was good, wasn't it? He went, aye. That bigger beaker, man. What a waste of space. I was like, what? And then he said, see, see if it wasn't for his goals, he wouldn't be here. I was like, 
the striker who's scoring goals. If he wasn't <laughs> scoring goals, just... he'd be shite. I'm like, what? You need to wonder, do these people just spend the entire game at the fucking pipes all? But... No, they, mu- they must do. I mean, I'd, some of fans have always, um, there's always a like, big cheesy and a week of this season, there's always a guy that they just pick on. I think and it's then, no matter do... what he does, he's still utter shit, you know, going to Twitter after the game. I think the guy's mm-hmm. just banged a hat trick in, what are you talking about? Mm-hmm. Oh, shit, he should have had five or six. Think, I, think, I think it's a lot to do with them. Um... Superman fans who'd rather watch the ball than the player mm-hmm. so they don't see the kind of work that he's making to try and get to that ball or or what's been done and who else has maybe dropped like n- not supported them enough and that's why he's not went away with the ball and stuff like that I think a lot of that kind of goes into it as well where they'll just look at where the ball goes rather than what the actual player's doing Yeah, I think there's a lot of fans that uh, expect every striker everything they touch he's going to the back of the net mm-hmm Strikers are there to score goals, but as you said, there's other parts of the play that create space and movement and goals for other people. And I think a lot of people watch up specifically our strikers, and if he's no scoring three or four a game, he's he's homeless. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's better that way, but I have a scapegoat because even we don't, and we get relegated, the entire team gets the blame. Yeah, um, if you get a scapegoat, you've stayed up. Mm-hmm. And next one is from Mark Fulton, who just said away day stories. Um, I don't know if there's many that we can actually tell. <laughs> no, Mark knows that because that's who I go on the away days with. <laughs> he knows there's plenty of stories that can't be spoken about, and I'm not prepared to say any stories. <laughs> well, he, he's asked the question, so just say the stories that like indicates him in it. <laughs> Involve him. I could just, I just give you all the stories. That involve me and just change it to Mark doing them. Aye. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's plenty of weird stories. I mean, that's one good thing about us being shit every now and again that we get to get into Somerset Park twice a season and uh, get into Stenrar and things like that. We're in the lower leagues and some but up at Dingwall, Ross County. Some mm-hmm. of the away days have had have been unbelievable. Some that you can't remember. Mm. Well, I've been going on. Well, I was going on the JB's bus since I was a child. So the amount of stories I would have. Well, um, exactly. My my stepdad obviously running the bus, um, but yeah, I can't repeat half of that. So no, I ain't divulging any away day stories. No, that she's got stitches. I'm afraid, lad. <laughs> <laughs> um, I remember. I actually oh. remember running into you, Jamie, an away day. Um, it was at Alloa, which is... Oh, I actually do remember this. You can, yeah, you can tell that one. Corner for me, pretty much. And did, did you know fucking... Did you know got on the pitch and steal the corner flag or something like that? <laughs> I point? did, yeah. It <laughs> <laughs> was a fake name when they asked me for the address. Yeah. Yeah, because you were, what, 17 at the time or something? Aye. Um, I, I it might have been in sixteen actually, like fifteen or sixteen. Aye. And um, I was, t- <laughs> I was told by my stepdad, he went, "You're not getting on this bus unless you steal something from this ground." <laughs> I was like, uh, "All right." <laughs> so Which I jumped. Did you give Mark McCausland? Nah, I just <laughs> essentially just jumped under the thing, grabbed the grabbed the corner flag and ran, and I got out the stand out the stadium, and some guy just went, "Watch, there's a steward there," and I was like, "Shit, what are they?" And then he just came out and was like, "He was like, if you give me a good reason." Uh, why you took this I'll let you have it I was like eh. and then I said I wasn't getting in the house unless I stole something and he went um, nah it's no good enough sorry and then walked away <laughs> but, but would it have been a good enough reason I don't know I don't think there ever would have been because he said because he said come on it's Alawa it's not like we can afford these is another thing he said is that what he said <laughs> I, 
I actually remember the name you gave, but I'm not going to say it out loud in case it's a real person. I'll tell you. <laughs> I can't remember the name, so I need to, once we stop recording this, I'll need to ask. Yeah. Um, um, right, uh, next one from Paul Gilligan. Uh, Ladke or Ludo? Now, that is a good question because Ladke is obviously amazing, but Ludo has that nostalgia factor. Yeah, Ludo. I think... Uh, Ludo's the nostalgia factor. Ladke's a better keeper. Mm-hmm. Aye, I agree with you. Ladke all day long if you're going for the sensible option, but Ludo, as you say, nostalgia. Winning uh, the league under Henry and that. And, so always got a wee place in everybody's heart, I think, that followed Saints around about that time. And he was a great keeper. Good guy as well, good bloke mm-hmm. amongst the fans and things. So. But no, a lad, over ability-wise, a lad gay all day long. He's the best goalie we've ever had, I think. And probably ever will have. <laughs> Possibly, yeah. Aye. I remember when we were in the Premier League and um, it was the first time like in years that we were actually in the sticker album. And I, I remember <laughs> I had like... 40 doubles of Ludovic Roy I don't know if he was just a regular one he just kept coming in and coming in and there was like the centre pages and you could make up your dream team with your doubles and I just put um, Ludo in every single one of the positions <laughs> <laughs> and um, I'm proud to say I have his phone number and he once phoned me um, asking me about an Apple watch and then he, I remember right. him saying to me going um, oh, are you going to the Monday game on Saturday and I was like oh no I'm working and he goes you tell your boss Big Ludo says, you're going to the match. I was like, it's like yes, Ludo. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't work. No, it did not work. My boss was a hun, so. <laughs> and then on similar ilk, um, Robert Cunningham has asked, Goonie or Yardley? I didn't have the, I wasn't fortunate enough to see Goonie at any point. So it has to be Yardley, but talking to older guys and that, Goonie was tremendous, unbelievable, so. Quite gutted, I never got to watch him actually. Aye, he seems to be absolutely revered amongst the older generation, but aye, Yardley for me. Yardley, hands down, but um, again, I don't remember Gunny, but you obviously know that um, the kind of impact he's made because you'll still hear his song being sung. Yeah, exactly. So, so bring yeah. back the Yardley chant, actually, that was great. It was a good chant. We just need to bring back Yardley, full stop. <laughs> <laughs> I think he worked, is he working in a bank now in Edinburgh? Is that what he does? I'm not sure, but I used to always see him when we played at Tynecastle. I think he's an Edinburgh lad or he's round about there. Mm-hmm. He used to sit in the on the end all the time. Yeah, he was on Off the Ball not so long ago and he was talking about that, where he was saying that um, that his whole family, even his son, or uh, it was his stepson, are heart, big Hearts fans, but he'll still support St Murn. And um, he said that, see, when uh, we won the League Cup against Hearts, he said to his stepson, he was like, I know he's lost, but come with me to Paisley and you'll no need to, drink, you'll no need to buy a drink the whole night. He says it'll be the best night of your life. And his stepson was like, nah, no day in it. So, like, oh, man, <laughs> how good would that have been? If we, like, from the, the, the memories we have of that, that night, or we don't have anymore. Um, imagine how much extra that would have been if you'd bumped into Mark Yardley in one of the pubs. Uh, uh, true. Saying that it was in Paddy Malarkey's, was it not? The smallest pub in Paisley. I don't know if Yardley would have gone. <laughs> <laughs> and um, from Cater's Corner, uh, who is your favourite St. Murn player of all time? Uh, I'm just talking about him. <laughs> um, mine's Barry Levetti. I love the guy. Levetti. Over his two spells, I remember being devastated when he went to Hibs. Just a young lad, but 
It's like now you're running about the playground playing and you're pretending to be a certain player. I was always Barry Labetti. I loved him. But special mention for Brian Hellerson. He was great. Mm. I really liked him. Bubbles was excellent. It's just unfortunate with his illness. It kind of hampered his career, but they were two of my favourite Simon players growing up. Barry Levetti, I was going to say him as well. Um, more recently, probably Tomo. Mm. Just because he's, he's Tomo, obviously. But no, Barry Levetti was the one that you, you know, like you said, grew up on the playground, pretending to be. Aye, 100%. Aye. See, I always pretended to be um, Yardley, but same physicality. I think that's why. <laughs> <laughs> Not that Levetti was that far off, to be fair, especially in his second spell. Right. But. Um, <laughs> We're all fucking getting there with the self-isolation anyway, so... Yeah, exactly. Um, so, Kater's Corner then, we, we put it out again asking for more questions. He brought out um, three more questions that all kind of fit in with this, so we'll take them one by one. Worst player to play for us, in your opinion? Now, that is a long list. Jesus, man, that, you could get a two-hour podcast out of that on its own. What I like about this is like the, the kind of thing we've mentioned with like, the Misery 11, that was all to do with the decades, because um, this is ever... We can like come out of like the last ten years and go a bit extra about other players. The worst player ever, jeez. Ah, hate Jimba Jimba was a catastrophe. Yeah, he, signing. he was horrible. I remember really? a guy years back, maybe under Tony Fitzpatrick at the time. I think guy he was a fullback. Guy called Brian Smith. He was awful. I mean, he couldn't even take a throw in. He was really, really poor. Mm-hmm. Um, he always stands out as being really, really bad. But I'd probably say Jemba Jemba, Mo Kamara, or somebody like that. <laughs> Mo Kamara. Just <laughs> <Just> memory. <laughs> Mo Mo Super Mo. <sighs> How did he not make it into the Misery 11, actually? I think he fell in the wrong time. I think he was like 2008, 9-ish. Oh. Yeah, right. Um, I'm trying to think of the worst player. Like, trying not to pick obvious ones from the Stubbs reign that we've already spoke about. Um, one Craig always likes to mention is that Tony or Tonette or the mad oh, Spanish I guy him. gets sent off against Hearts in the last time we saw him. I didn't think he was that bad a player, to be honest. Oh. Like in, in the odd term that we saw him, because I think he came. He'd never played in Scotland. He'd played like three matches before this, and he looked like he had something sometimes, but wasn't up to fitness wise. Then he gets sent off against Hearts, and we never saw him again. No, he was really poor. I didn't like him at all. Some of the guys that Danny Lennon signed his first term were poor. Paddy Craig and Sean Lynch and guys like that. They were mm. utter shit. Who was the young left back we signed? The young left back with the ginger hair. Remember that, no, was that not Nick Hegarty? Oh, God, I remember him. Nick Hegarty, was he a left back long? Was it like Peter Bradley or something? Oh, maybe oh, him or not. Aye, for Beast, that's a great shout, aye. Forgot no, about him. Aye. Yeah, was like, ah, there's a great fair share of horrible players we've had over the years. Sander Puri. Sander Puri, yeah. Uh, Stefan Bohoken. Aye. Or uh, Jake Caprice. God, man. <laughs> I'm trying to like, look, There's Luke Conlon. Andy Dow. Remember Andy Dow? Oh, fuck, I remember oh. when we signed them. That was awful. We kind of done... What was that? <laughs> Andy Dow and Alan Gow. Alan Gow. Um... I remember that was when we were like just kept signing like ex Comarnock players. Like yeah. that's when Gus McPherson came in at the same time. Um, did we not have? Oh, 
I fucking hated Jim Hamilton as well. That was another old pal, Zach. I didn't mind Jim Hamilton. Wait, I think he scored, a, he scored an alright goal for us, if I remember rightly. His nose was like, the wrong way. It had just been broken <laughs> at one point. I know you said that guy that sung that song was Al Mitchell, but was there no uh, Ali, Al Mitchell or something that we signed for Kilmarnock? Aye, Ali Mitchell. Ali Mitchell. I remember him <laughs> signing... He only played a handful of games, but uh, he's ex-Killy. He was actually all right at Killy. He was a decent player, but... Yeah, I think we just got him on the tail end of his career, as we did Andy Dow and everybody else like that. I just got some on-cuffs. You sign him and you're excited and you think he's actually quite a tidy player and then nothing ever materialises in terms of performance. I'm just trying to think of, like, John Coughlin era as well. Oh, Big John signed his fair share of duds. I can't even remember. It was him that signed Gus McPherson, wasn't it? Aye. Greg, Greg Denham and... Greg Denham. God, he had such like a triangle-shaped head. Like, you know, like those Space Raiders crisps? That was the kind of shape of his head, wasn't it? <laughs> uh, oh, he had a f- fair share. I'd draw that kind of Coughlin into McPherson era. We passed through a fair amount of guys that just should never be mentioned again. Yeah. I've memory. <laughs> <laughs> Um, uh, then the next one was the biggest wanker for or against this Art Broadfoot <laughs> Broadfoot aye aye absolute tadger against this I used to I had a serious hatred for Richie Foran really? Aye, I really didn't like him at all I hated him when he played against us for whoever he played for I think you have to Ness, I think. sorry was it? I think you have to have uh, Ross Tolkley in there as well. Mike Tolkley, hated yeah. him, aye. Hartley, I hated Hartley. Oof. He was just a proper pantomime villain. But he's one of those guys that you hated, but if you signed him the next morning, you would mm. be pretty happy, you know. Who was it that played for Martin and Clyde? Was it Alec Williams? Alec Williams, aye. Alec Williams, oh, aye, Alec Williams, I hated him. I remember and, that time, I think, I don't know if it was the season we get promoted or not when he was at Clyde. And um, he scored against us to make it 1-0 and he ran by the entire St. Martin fans like cheering with his hands up. Yeah. And then we won the game 2-1 and I just remember us like <laughs> a thousand days singing um, Williams, what's the score? <laughs> <laughs> he was he was really infuriating. Uh, Keegan Parker as well for St. Johnson. I remember Keegan Parker. I used to quite like him, but he was like, he was a always scored against us and I think that's what it was. And I think that's I always signed him in championship manager because <laughs> of that. He had. Uh, he was one of those wee guys that was always ducking and diving and cheating and mm-hmm. getting away with murder. And it just Andy scored against us, which was kind of. Did he not have like mental coloured boots? And this was like the time before like he got that. So the two Aye. players I remember was him and James Grady, and I swear <laughs> they both had the same silver boots. They were like silver shiny. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, he was uh, one of the kind of pretty boys, wasn't he? he was earrings and uh, flashy boots and all that. Just mm-hmm. had a habit of scoring against us all the time as well. I really didn't like him at all. One name that keeps coming back to me as well, Barry Ferguson. Oh, of mm. course. Uh, how could we forget him? Arse of a man. And then obviously more recently is half that Motherwell team. Aye. Tony Watt <laughs> and Mark Gillespie are the, the leaders of that one. <laughs> yes, yes. So it's, uh, it's kind of fell away a wee bit. They used to always have teams that had a kind of pantomime villain like we didn't like, like Parker, Hartley. Doogie it was Emery. like the fans against the player, but Doogie Emery. Doogie Emery. But it's kind of fell away now. I can't really think who our current player would be. I was about to say who's the, 
who's the biggest wanker in the top flight right now, but we can answer to the, the game recently. Mm. Well, no, yeah. he's coached. And this one I've been thinking of and I still don't actually have an answer for it. Um player souls who broke your heart. I think you kinda mentioned it with Levetti there, Ross. Aye. I remember being devastated when he went to Hibs. Um I, nobody else really springs to mind. I remember two loan deals I was gutted that we didn't turn into permanence and it was uh, Charlie Adam, obviously, and uh, Stephen McPhee, if you remember him. Yeah, I do remember Stephen McPhee. I remember yeah. being gutted that we didn't get a hold of him because uh, he looked really lively in the season under McPherson when we went down. Jimmy it's me. About, uh, Kenny McLean, just no necessarily being heartbroken, but purely because of it, because we knew what it meant mm-hmm. when it gets sold, fucking deadline day, a few minutes to go, or whatever it was. That was us going to do. The whole situation behind it, aye, that kind of was the final nail in the coffin for that season, wasn't it? Yeah, whatever it was. Mm-hmm. Aye, you're right. That's a great shout, actually. Considering what he went for as well, it was aye. absolutely nothing he could have went this summer, you know, and we would have still got that money or whatever. But mm-hmm. play, play, It's usually like players we've not offered contracts to that I remember. Like mm-hmm. when Graham Carey left, I was raging when he left. Yeah. Um, I think who else? That's all I can think of right we now. We only really sell kind of promising youngsters that you only see for maybe half a season and not enough to get attached to them fully to be properly devastated and they leave, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, quite gutted when uh, Kyle McAllister got sold to Derby, but obviously he's come back and really kicked on since then, so mm-hmm. probably wasn't a justified heartbreak, I guess. Yeah. We did seem to go through that period where we sold quite a few youngsters for it seemed like peanuts at the time, but when you look back and you add it all together, it's not actually that bad. But we just kinda yeah. we ended up in a great position time and time again. I think we kinda looked at what the immediate money was, which we were like, that should be more, but we've kinda like obviously the add on money that we have from John McGinn and stuff like that, that's really worked out well for us. Aye. Um next one from Josh Donnelly. What is your favourite away ground in the top flight? Uh, Tyne Castle for me. Yeah, I think that is uh, Tyne Castle. <laughs> it's the best ground in the country in my opinion. I think uh, Scotland should play there, the lesser fixtures. That would be good. Is a pitch big enough? Because there's, there's not that whole thing where they have to go to Murrayfield for the European games. Uh, that's a good shout, but uh, you might be right, but I just think Tyne Castle is a great stadium. Mm-hmm. Or did they fix it when they got the new main did stand? Cause I'm, well, I know it's from the same stadium, but they've played at Easter Road recently, have they not? There's no play against Canada. Uh, you'd imagine it's the same kind of. Yeah, I think so. In fact, Hearts played Spurs in a Europa League tie at Tynecastle. Have they? There you go. So, uh, so they must have, like, especially with the new main stand, that's the only thing I've noticed Like when I went to Tynecastle this season, that with the new main stand, it's not as tight as it once was. Mm. Like, when you went in, you felt like you were, like, I remember the first time I ever went to Tynecastle, like, you felt like you were proper crowded in. And it's just not kind of got that. Well, it yeah. still does, but just not as much with the new you, stand. You always had that kind of band of lunatics over to the left in the mm-hmm. kind of old main stand. And obviously as a player, them right on top of you, it must have felt right tight pitch, you know, right a kind of horrible atmosphere with them on your back. But you're right, the stand's obviously enormous now, so it's lost a wee bit of that. But 
it's still a great stadium. I don't think there's any better in the country, to be honest. Yeah, even if you go down the teams like Ibrox, um, Celtic Park, like they're all shite. <laughs> like no one's ever going to say, like, I can't wait, it's Hamilton away tomorrow. It's like, oh, Jesus. I just think the occasion I go to Tencast was good as well. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that adds to it's just a general good day. But There's a lot of good pubs around the by 90 minutes of football. Aye. It used to be a lot cheaper when we were up to it and all. I remember it being like 12 quid or something to get in. Mm-hmm. We were still children. Um, <laughs> <laughs> need yeah. to pay for that main stand somehow. <laughs> um, Callum Coakley has asked, who has been St Mirren's most handsome player? Alan Russell must be in my shout. Alan Russell, God, forgot about him. I, I've blurred him out of my memory just for <laughs> the fact of my, for like however many seasons he was there of my mum shouting, <laughs> all the time and he was, he was a beautiful individual wasn't he, mm-hmm. you know he apparently he had a nice ass. that's what I held off my mind anyway. <laughs> you know when he did that weird thing with the, was it the MTV Awards or something buddy? aye with Christina Aguilera that's right Peter Lovenkranz was there as well apparently like try to chat up Christina Aguilera but she went like apparently Alan Russell took her away from him or something I remember that being a story <laughs> brilliant um, obviously, you've got big Chebs in the squad the now. Big Cody Cook. Cody Cook, aye. He, he generally looks like an Ibiza rep or something like that. <laughs> X in the beach. Aye. He, he does fit in one of those shows. <laughs> aye. Uh, Stephen Thompson. Stephen Thompson. <laughs> oh, of course, aye. How could we forget the big man? The man in everything. Even like, um, Jim Goodwin, but not as a manager, not as a player. Because he's got that silver fox look down. <laughs> and the accent don't forget the accent oh aye, the oh, Irish oh, accent <laughs> I like how none of these wanted to get involved with the big Chebs kissing question but he's not happy to talk about who the most <laughs> handsome players are <laughs> and Dan McGregor he was alright as well <laughs> I was just going to do a, a, an avenue I'm not too keen on to be honest <laughs> I, we, should, we should wrap this up move on eight bags <laughs> What was it also like I'm I'm going special mention for Vaclav Ladke. Um and someone pointed out to me that see his haircut, he kinda looks like Hugh Murray and I can't stop seeing that now. Shug. Oh uh, and Stephen McGarry back in the day would have got their fair share of birds out a few days, you would think. That's what that's what I think why everybody likes Cody Cook is because he has Stephen McGarry's haircut. <laughs> <laughs> um what's the next question? Uh from Gordon Kennedy. Um <laughs> Are you flustered you thinking about beautiful St. Mon players? Yeah, I will. <laughs> <laughs> what would you pick between going to heaven or seeing Hamilton relegated? Those are the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> I would tell a family member to make sure Hamilton get relegated. <laughs> I think Hamilton get relegated as well because heaven's just going to be full of religious assholes, isn't it? Right. I'd go with Hamilton, you can't get much better than that. I mean, there's, uh, there's not much. I would. They're, just, they're never going to get fucking relegated, are they? Just, no. The day they go down is going to be one massive, like national party. Right. There's no uh, the football's cockroach, aren't they? They just. Aye. You know, you given that question for real, you'd pick Hamilton getting relegated over heaven, and then some fucking technicality would keep them up. <laughs> Like you're not allowed a plastic pitch in the 
<laughs> to be fair, honestly, see how we're, we we keep going on about how we want the league extended. We won't do it until the day they finish bottom, and then I, we'll get a sixteen team league, and they'll get automatically put back in. I'd love it if they just pick sixteen teams and Hamilton won one of them. All right, they took. They still get relegated, but they took the top four from the cha- <laughs> or the top five from the championship in something like that. Yeah, um, now on to the, 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 the three serious questions at the end. Right. An extra arm or an extra leg? That's from Paul Hamill. <laughs> well, I already have an extra leg, gents. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Always waiting for that one, wasn't it? Um, extra arm, you can do more, more stuff, can't you? I always think an extra arm would be handy, especially see when you when you come back from the pie stall and you've got like a bovro and a pie in your hand. An extra hand would just be easier just to kind of work your way in and get a seat. Think how many uh, marbles you could race with an extra arm. <laughs> um, Stephen Woods has asked what is the best thing before sliced bread the knife <laughs> the knife <laughs> as a weapon or as a uh, cutting pencil to... no, I just bought it and slice it <laughs> Fair nothing to add to that That's um, a perfect answer and uh, Stuart Angus uh, plain or pan bread uh, plain bread, Scottish plain. Is it plain? The pan, the one in the tartan packet. <laughs> the one in the tartan. I'm not a massive bread guy, so I don't really know. <laughs> I I like I'd go for brown, brown seed. See, I'm kind of. I was going to say something. Field. My mine is very. I, I, the best way of describing it is Tory bread. Um, <laughs> Ooh, you bastard! <laughs> uh, there's this brand called Bergen. And they do pop. It's like poppy seed in something. I saw it's so link. good. See, see if you toast it with peanut butter. It is the best bread you'll ever have. I don't like peanut butter. I had me peanut butter. <laughs> <laughs> Never played yeah. football manager. And you don't like peanut butter. Jesus. Well, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, there aren't any questions left except from one that was asked on Twitter by one Craig Devine, right. who said. Why have I never participated in Who the Fuck Are You? <laughs> oh. <laughs> so, there you go. There, there's your stage. You can... right. uh, I've got two that I could pick between and I might totally fuck this up. I'm not sure how to go away. Right. Um, I was born in Edinburgh. How many were allowed? Is there a limit? Oh, just as many as you want. Right. I was born in Edinburgh in 1979. 79. Right. Started my career at Rafe Rovers. Um, I actually had three spells at Rafe Rovers. Um, I came oh, wait, hold on. Oh, is, no. it, is it Laurie Ellis? Oh, fuck off. <laughs> oh, fuck off. <laughs> no, the, three, the three spells at Rafe Rovers, because he went back as a coach at one point as well. I, I knew that one. Wait, I'm You've not going to that game again. I'm clearly shaking. <laughs> <laughs> you said That's you had another space. one go with the other one the other one uh, right okay right uh, I start Nate cares when he was born right he's 39 years old right okay um, started my career at Hibs um, I was loaned out four times twice to Queen's Park once to East Fife and once to Morton right before being released and signing for St. Run. Um, 
I think I might know, but I don't want to say it. I'll let you do another question. <laughs> I had a spell at Albion Rovers before being released in 2008. Ooh. I'm going to keep going. Well, maybe it's not who I thought it was. Um, I later played for Stenhouse Muir. Keep mm. going. What age was it again? 39? No, it definitely wasn't the player I was thinking of. He's like 15 or something. Um, I made 16 appearances for Morton. Right. Before I finished my career at Queen of the South. Queen of the South. John O'Neill? Nope. No. Is he Scottish? Aye. Born in Paisley. Born in Paisley. He started his career where, did you say? Hibs? A Berlin. Yep. That's a great question. Oofed. Don't go for it. I'm stumped on that one. Ross, Alan, you can go in usually. I can't, no, can't help you. That's a great one. Alan Reid. Ah, oh, Alan, Alan Reid. Fucking course. Fucking hell. He, he was a mainstay under Gus and then I made an arse a goal or something and then nobody ever seen him again. He just disappeared. Did his brother not work in Proven Sports? Yeah, I think so. Because he used to always, anytime you went to Proven Sports, Alan Reid would just be standing there. <laughs> I liked me, Alan Reid. I thought he was just kind of tidy, non-flashy wee player, but he was all right. Reliable. Aye. Buying his uh, oversized trackies at our Proven Sports. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, that is us for... The, the the mailbag episode. I will mention that we did put a poll about um, Patreon. Uh, that is something we will go ahead with, but we won't do it until next season, whenever that is. So it's way in the distance. Um, so we'll give you more information about that when it's closer to the time. But thanks for voting. You voted yes, and we're going to do it. Um, but yeah, that is us for this time. We might be back. I don't. I can't tell you when we'll be back. If you have any ideas for sure, domestic will be back. I will, no, we will be back. We just don't know when. <laughs> um, if you have any ideas for shows or whatever, everyone here just put it on Twitter. And we'll tell us. And we'll get that sorted. Um, because we've got the technology to do another remote one. If you no, know, however long this lockdown happens, and fuck all else to do. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I, <laughs> That's all I'm going to spend the next two days and or three days or whatever, just trying to think of stuff we can do on the podcast. Um, <laughs> but yeah, th- thanks for listening. Um, stay miserable, and as always, uh, fuck Alex Ray. Fuck Alex Ray. Fuck Alex Ray. <laughs> <laughs>